Fafaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is 3.04 p.m. on Friday, January 5th, 2018. I need to say that many times during the show so I don't forget that we're in the new year. 2018, January 5th. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio here in beautiful Barragata, Guam. Glad to be with you this afternoon. Episode 247 of Live Till 5. On the air every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. Live, local, with various guests and topics and segments. It's a lot of fun. We hope to entertain you a little bit to educate you a little bit, to edify you a little bit, build you up in your Christian walk and just have a good old time, give you a little alternative on that Friday afternoon drive you might be taking right now as you're running some errands or maybe you're on your way home from work. Maybe you're listening to the rebroadcast on Saturday afternoon as you're going shopping or sitting at home and you have the radio on or you're listening to us at your desk through khmg.org. Maybe you're on your way home from church on Sunday night. However you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, we're glad you're with us. As I mentioned, you can listen to us online. You don't have to have a radio to listen to the radio anymore, believe it or not. You just go to khmg.org, click listen, and there's a link there that uh, gives you our live stream. You can also download various apps to your smartphone or tablet or computer. You can also download the podcast of this show and many other great shows we produce here at KHMG. So just go to our website, khmg.org, and look for the podcast, and you can subscribe and listen at your leisure. And we love it when you do. You can also make contact with us through the website there on the little contact button, or the quickest way to let us know that you're listening or let us know what you think about our show and the various things we produce here at KHMG is to go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Just look up Harvest Family Radio Guam and follow us. And then you'll get regular updates anytime we put a new podcast out. We've added some new music to the station. Maybe we might have a a post that we want you to read. It's a great way for us to interact with you. And you can send us a private message through Facebook, which is a great way for you to interact with us. So we're glad you're with us today. It is a new year. Happy New Year. I hope that you had a good new year. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and we are going to have a great show today, although Lawrence Nangas will not be with us today. All the other usual suspects should be here today, plus a few special guests, so I'm looking forward to that later on in the show. Now, of course, it is 2018, January 5th, 2018. And Bob the Librarian has provided me with some excellent material, as he always does, for this new year, including but not limited to a list of everything that is happening in the month of January, observances, holidays, etc., etc. Some of these holidays, you notice, some of these observances are, they have to be marketing ploys. They're not real observances, but they're marketing tools, you know, National White Wall Tire Day. Well, who celebrates that? Well, the people that work at the White Wall Tire Factory and the guy that's trying to sell White Wall Tires to all the distributors. So they come up with a special day. So obviously there are some days and some observances that are very much market-driven. But I'll just mention a few here. The month of January is Adopt a Rescued Bird Month. Not a lot of those here on Guam. 
Apple and Apricots Month. I don't know why they have those. They should have those separately. Anyway, Artichoke and Asparagus Month. Now I can see why those are together. Basically, kind of gross vegetables month. I, I can see that. Uh, bath Safety Month. Be Kind to Food Servers Month. Can I get an amen on that Artichoke and Asparagus Month? Yes, yes. I see that hand. Uh, Book Blitz Month. Bread Machine Baking Month. California Dried Plum Digestive Health Month. Uh, let's see. California Restaurant Month. Celebration of Life Month. I Care Month. Family Fit Lifestyle Month. Financial Wellness. Get a Life Balanced Month. Boy, I'd love to have that. Not getting off to a very good start here. And Get Organized Month. To name a few. Those are some of the things that are happening in January. Now, specifically, there are some weekly observances as well, including Celebration of Life Week is the first through the seventh, as well as Diet Resolution Week, the first through the seventh. The first through the eighth is National Lose Weight, Feel Great Week. Uh, It's also New Year's Resolution Week. Silent Record Week is the first week, and Someday We'll Laugh About This Week is the second through the eighth to name a few, and then some of the daily observances. These first five days, there have been quite a few observances. The first of January, not only was it New Year's Day, but it was Apple Gifting Day, not the electronic devices, but the actual apples themselves. Bonza Bottler Day, which we've talked about many times on the show. Anytime the month and the day are the same number, you have a Bonza Bottler Day. Commitment Day, Copyright Law Day, Divorce Monday, Ellis Island Day, Euro Day, Global Family Day, Polar Bear Plunge or Swim Day, Public Domain Day, Rose Bowl Game, St. Basil's Day or Basil, depending on where you're from, and the Tournament of Roses Parade all happened on the first. The second was 55 mile per hour speed limit day, not here on Guam. Happy New Year's for Cats Day, National Buffet Day, National Cream Puff Day. Boy, they have all these right after you make your New Year's resolutions. Motivation and Inspiration Day, we all could use some of that. National Personal Trainer Awareness Day. Pet Travel Safety Day. Run up the flagpole, run it up the flagpole and see if anybody salutes it day. You ever say that phrase? Yeah, I'll just try and run that idea up the flagpole, see if anyone salutes it. And finally, National Science Fiction Day was the second. The third, Earth at the Perihelion at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that was the Earth being at its closest point to the sun was on the 3rd at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which would have been the 6 p.m. here, uh, 5 p.m. here on Guam on the 3rd. The Perihelion, use that in Scrabble, you'll win the game, 63 points. Humiliation Day, J.R.R. Tolkien Day, National Chocolate-Covered Cherry Day, and National Drinking Straw Day. And then finally, yesterday, Dimpled Chad Day. Remember uh, the whole election kerfluffle with uh, George W. Bush and Al Gore? Yep. Free Flower Basket, I'm a Mentor, National Spaghetti, and Tom Thumb Day. And then today is Bean Day, National Bird Day, National Screenwriters Day, Whipped Cream Day, and Twelfth Night. To name a few... Those are all observances happening in January. Because the calendar, we flipped the page, and now it is time to turn over a new leaf, they say. You remember, it wasn't too long ago that one of the most popular gifts you could give someone at Christmas was a calendar. 
The Ann Gettys calendars were really a hot item. There were whole mall kiosks that just sold the Ann Gettys calendars with the little babies that look like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Um, or the Thomas Kincaid calendars. Matter of fact, I remember some people would get so into Thomas Kincaid calendars, they'd also get these uh, Thomas Kincaid calendar holders to hold their Thomas Kincaid painter of light calendars. Pretty amazing. Those were all very popular. But you know, you just don't see that many calendars anymore. Most people keep track of their appointments and things, not in a manual written calendar on the wall, but instead they keep track of everything on their phone or on their computer, in the cloud, so to speak. So very interesting. So when we say we just turn the page in the calendar, sorry, I just unplugged my microphone, turn the page in the calendar, we are talking proverbially or ironically or metaphorically or grammatically. We're talking somehow. Anyway, hey, let's take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till five, stranger than fiction, happy little accidents, what's in my coffee soda edition, the quiz with Sebastian, and our topic of the day, extremely cold weather. So stick around, more live till five after this short break. with a little more live till five joining the studio by a bunch of great guys and sebastian's coming back too <laughs> have uh from my right to my left i have joe sarney joe how do they say um hello my friends on the radio back in your country back in my country um yeah hello i guess Hi, okay all up? right that's good that's good i mean i we're all we're all speaking the same language. That's a good thing. And Ray's Ray's Romo, that smooth local voice. He's the got that just smooth and mellow. His voice goes exactly with his personality. Nothing phases him. No stress. Everything's like Hakuna Matata, baby. No problem. Ray's, welcome to the show. How was your Christmas break? Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Okay, now you got to scoot way up because you don't have that Lawrence Nangast, uh, you know, 50 decibel voice uh, that we're so used to on that microphone. And Chris Harper, how's it going over there, brother? It's going well. All right. Now, Chris, you've been in the radio station a lot over the last two weeks. You guys kept things going. You had a, a modified schedule, but you kept things going up here. A lot of yes. live stuff still. So Yeah. All right. Um, hey, and then Sebastian's on his way in here in a second, but just want to kind of invite these guys to join us today. Because Lawrence is out, he might be in the car listening to us right now, so hello, Lawrence. He and Lindsay are not available right now, so we are going to move on without him. So we're not going to do this day in history. I know thousands of our listeners are disappointed about that, but we are going to do the quiz. And today we are going to have a special edition of What's in My Coffee we don't actually have any coffee, so we're going to do something a little different. We're calling it What's in My Seltzer. Sebastian, you ever had seltzer before? 
No. Okay. Well, it's not like Alka Seltzer that helps you with a tummy ache and things like that. This is this is much better. So anyway, let's let's play a little. What's in my coffee? This segment's brought to us by The Hub, Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore. The reason this is brought to us by them is because I'm going to turn in my receipt and get reimbursed by them. <laughs> Even though they did not provide these seltzers to us, The Hub is a great place to go once it opens back up next week. Now, let's play a little What's in My Coffee Seltzer Edition. So, in front of us, for our listening audience, we have these clear small bottles, probably 8-ounce bottles, of clear sodas. So you can hear everyone opening them and enjoying the first sip and what we're going to do is we're going to have everyone yeah here there you go put that put that under there the the uh the the, you're just hearing the sounds of the sounds of struggles yes the sounds the struggle is real so we're going to take a sip and then we're going to try and describe what we think the flavor of seltzer we have is so here you go Mm, okay okay all right all right i'm getting something i'm getting something here Ooh, mm. you're tuning it in. I'm, I'm dialing it in. I've narrowed it down to a, a country, mm. a state, a county, an animal. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I got it. I got it. Okay, Joe, your clear seltzer. What does it taste like? Um, cherry, maybe. Mm. Cherry. Mm. Okay. Maybe a little lime. It's possible. It's possible. I'm, I'm not going to tell you until we're done. Do you know the answer? I do know the answer. Well, I don't know what each one's is, but I can so pretty much guess since I bought them. Because of the look no, of the there screen. is something that right, might or um, might not have lime. cherry in it. Okay, lime, lime. with a little cherry. <laughs> it's either maybe. lime or cherry. Okay, no. Well, you know, it's so two. sour. It's either sour or lemon. No, not lemon. I don't want to psych you out. I mean, go with your gut. Lime. Okay, all right, lime. All right, Ray's, what does yours taste like? A little rooty. Rudy, okay. I think this is root beer. Okay, all right. Well, and it's clear. It's like clear, like water. You yeah. wouldn't know that it's root beer, but plus the label's brown. Oh, that, so. that's hey. You can't help it that you're good with uh, deduction. All right, now Sebastian, what's yours taste like? Strawberry. Really? Yeah. It's kind of a sweet berry taste. It's got a sweet berry taste. Yeah. Okay. Would you drink it again? I guess if, yeah. if someone tricked me into thinking it was water. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I praise it indeed. But I would wow. drink it again. It's All not right. that bad. All right. And then uh what does yours taste like, Chris? You know, I'm not I'm not really placing the the flavor, but it's uh it's it's almost like a a berry perhaps a berry of some sort. Okay. So uh I'm Is it the kind with... of berry of some sort that you would drink again? Yeah, I would drink this again. I, I actually quite like this. Is anyone I, here I like not would not drink theirs again? No, I like it. It's good. And they're kind of like a little hipster bottle. So if you want to look cool to the to the cool cat kids. Like you're drinking water. Like Like, you're drinking water, but you spend three bucks on it. I only need a little water. Yeah, it's just you know, it's like flavored water with bubbles and artificial sweeteners that I overspent. Really? But you get yep. cool, like, little phrases underneath the cap. Yeah, you know, except for when you're my age and you have to read those, they're so small, it's really hard I can to read yours. What does it say? I love the slogan. Which is what? The choice is clear. Oh, yeah. It is clear seltzer. What does mine say, Joe? I've been waiting half my life for this. Oh, oh really? Okay. They're different? All right. Well, that's if you're two years old. <laughs> okay. Well, here that we go. So um, who had bottle number one? I did. Who? You? Yeah. You had vanilla cream soda. <laughs> <laughs> I was even close. Wow. Okay. Who had number two? 
This guy's a rookie. Uh, number <laughs> number two. I have number three. Who's got number two on their lid? Oh, sorry. It looked hey, like a fish whatever. symbol. There you go. The oh, top of the two is yeah, rubbed it's, off. It's for Christians I have number only. Fish. <laughs> um, uh, underground Christian drink. Uh, let's see. It's black cherry. Oh, black cherry. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Okay. And uh, number three <laughs> is me. And that is a cola and berry soda, which is also number five, which I think oh, is Oh, it is crisp. berry. So it is. It's berry. There it's you like go. A, it's like a cherry Coke almost. I, what? Yeah. Cola wow. and berry. Cola and berry. Why and number four, of course, is Ray's. He has the n- original New York seltzer root beer soda. Yep. Wow. Clear. They're very good. I bought these at Circle K. They might or might not be getting ready to expire, so I had to, of course, use them right away. But, uh, yeah. You know what stuff. I always think of when I hear seltzer? Have you ever seen the Mary Tyler Moore show? Oh, yeah. These guys are probably too young for this. Yes. But the, one of the most hilarious Mary Tyler Moore shows, the clown dies he was dressed up like a peanut and he yes. gets run over yes. by the elephant by the or in the parade oh. yeah and then the circus do you have you ever seen this I'm getting older just hearing about it nope. no uh. idea okay <laughs> Not well, I remember the so, episode. So I they have. Talking about. I'm sorry. But, uh, so, <laughs> so they have they have the funeral, and everybody was laughing about it before the funeral happened because they thought it was so funny that Chuckles the clown got right. run over by a uh, an elephant or whatever as a peanut, and Mary Tyler Moore is saying, "You guys are horrible. I can't believe you would laugh at a man who's lost his life and everything." So then at the funeral, at the end of the funeral, the priest or whatever the guy is that's uh, uh, whoever he is, mm-hmm. stands up there and he says, and we all should remember the, the statement that Chuckles lived by and they always closed his show with, which was Chuckles the Clown, a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down your pants. <laughs> and of course, Mary Tyler Moore Starts busting up laughing when she's been ridiculing everyone right, else right. for, anyway. Yep. You have to be old to Well, yeah, because clowns used to do that. Like, if you yes. watch the old Bugs Bunny, they yeah. grab the waistband of your pants, and then seltzer, seltzer they, would, they would pump up the carbonation inside right. a seltzer container, and you could literally pull the trigger, and it's almost like a... A, a, wa- a, a carbonated water version of a fire extinguisher. And so you, shh, and that's how you did it. Uh, yes. Old people listening to this will yes. know what we're talking about. Yep, yep. And they're trying Let to explain know, to their children folks, right you know. now. Say, right, listen, right. I, hey, just take my word for it. Let's, <laughs> let's pull it up on, on Netflix right now. I yeah. remember that episode. I do remember Chuckles yeah, the Clown. Of course. I think I remember Ted Baxter, Ted Baxter. Uh, um, uh, reporting on that. Yes. Ted Baxter was hilarious, by the way. Yeah. He was they don't there. know him either. No, it's, no, no. You got to Google it. Just yeah. Google it. Yes. yes. Really. This is what Google was invented for, stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, hey, let's, let's, uh, what I'd like to do, because our listeners, I think they need to go get themselves a seltzer real quick. So we're going to take a very short break. And when we come back, we have a quiz with Sebastian. And it's epic. It even has an epic intro song. And we're going to play that quiz. So listeners, stick around. You're listening to episode 247 of Live Till 5 on this Friday, January 5th, here at the KHMG Studios, wrapping up the Christmas break for all the kids. Most grown-ups are back at work already. Hoping you're having a good afternoon with us this Friday afternoon, January 5th, 327 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. 
you ever miss part of the show, tune in Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound. Download the podcast through khmg.org and let us know you're listening through Harvest Family Radio Guam on Facebook. We'll be right back after this. Live till 5. It's Friday, January 5th, 3.31 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. Sipping on our New York seltzers. Having a good time with our buddies, Ray's and Joe. Listening to Sebastian play live. Air Banjo. Air Banjo. Air Mandolin. Air Dulcimer. Hammer Dulcimer. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know. Everyone's got a talent. So, hey, hey banjo is I think what we want to do... Oops, I turned your mic up too much. Uh, I think we'd like to play your quiz, Sebastian. Now, I know that you put a lot of time into this. I did. And uh, some people, they pretty much only listen to the show because of the quiz. I know. Like your wife, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, my wife... Who I'm not supposed to mention. Oh, I just mentioned Ooh. <laughs> Let me just say that she's exactly opposite. She doesn't listen to the show <laughs> if I'm talking because she's afraid I might stick my foot in my mouth. You still or might I do might. it if she's not listening. I know, I know. But at least it's kind of like she can be in denial. And, right. And then when people say, did you hear? She'd be like, no, no, I didn't. No, no I didn't. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then she's also, she doesn't want to hear me mention her. Brad. Which I've now done like three different veiled ways. So anyway, hey, I've got something. What's before that? we go, before we move to the quiz, and that is that uh, one of our faithful listeners, yep, JM, JM, tells us that Chuckles bites the dust, which is the name of that episode, was voted the funniest sitcom episode of all time. Hmm. We're and watching I, I that. that. I'm watching that tonight. It was on like TV Land or yes. something that they did that vote. Yep. And so yep. it's good. You, you need to look it up. It's Chuckles Bites the Dust, and it is it is pretty funny. Yeah, mm. that's great. That's great. It, there's another good episode of Mary Tyler Moore, by the way. But uh, there's a lot of good ones. But the the one where I think the can- everyone goes on strike, and I think yes. it's Ted Baxter has to sit there and try and do the news, and there's no cameraman. And the camera starts to like dip, and so he has to start lowering his body. Oh, yeah, that's right. To, yeah. to keep up with where the camera is focused, and the camera yeah. just keeps dipping and dipping and dipping. And uh, Mary Tyler Moore, she's the the producer, Mary Hartman or whatever her yeah. name is on the show, mm-hmm. and she's watching it, and uh, she's just you know aghast as as you see Ted slumping down in his seat more and more. Anyway, yeah, I actually just got a text, and yes. um, I'm supposed to say that. Uh, my wife has listened for a long time. 
even before since John Collier days. Oh wow! Well, so uh, <laughs> Mrs. Basil, it's Dua, not because thank of me. you, and I stand corrected. <laughs> and you know, uh, we know that even before you were married to the staff, uh, you provided us with delectable treats. So we appreciate that, and we're not opposed to that keeping keeping on happening. By the way, uh, although I'm getting ready to go on a diet, so maybe maybe we'll wait. Uh, that's celebrate. that actually is when it the best stuff comes is when you go on a diet that's yeah, i feel no so. i know i think the first day of my last diet was the day she brought the german chocolate cake and i just gave up ever since then but i'm going back i'm going back on the wagon anyway hey we have a quiz to do right sebastian yes quiz time all right what's what's the name of your quiz well it's really clever super clever quiz name and it's called a cool quiz <laughs> cool Oh, we have a special effects guy yeah. now. I asked yeah. them to do that. <laughs> Great. But only one did it. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So this is, if you couldn't guess what the quiz is about, this cool quiz, it's about winter. Yeah. It's about winter. Awesome. Um, so. That's, uh, a, that's in the States, that's a season where the weather actually gets significantly colder yeah. Than the rest of the year, unlike in Guam, where it just means the lines are longer at Kmart. They can keep it. It makes a good novelty for us to. Yeah, yeah, it gives us learn about. Hey, and and you know we need fodder for the show. Yeah, so this is fodder. <laughs> oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm going to ask a question. You guys will answer as well, and I'll let you know if you're correct or not. So this is, a lot of this is true false. All right, ready? You guys ready for this? Okay, we'll start with Ray's and go around. True or false? Uh, say you were in America. All right, okay. from America. I'm in America. From America. Okay, I'm in well, America. Well, like, sorry, I'm sorry, in the main, America. mainland. I'm in oh, okay. imagining right. myself okay. in America. Wait. Uh, the sun is closer to the earth during the winter. True or false? False. False. The sun is closer to the earth during winter. Wait, 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 wait. True. True. What the word? I changed my mind. I, changed I was my just, re- again. just saying it because he was thinking about it. So, hmm. the sun True. is closer to the Earth in the winter. Yeah. Um, false. Even though it's counterintuitive. So, okay. False or true? <laughs> false. 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 True. True. I think it's counterintuitive, but it is true. Okay. False. Can I guess why? False. Why? Yeah. Um, yes. Give us your because answer. of the axis. Who who said true? I said true, and he said true. It's true. Yes, it's yes, it's matter- actually the the sun is actually closer to the earth. No, the and earth is closer to the sun. That's what I meant. <laughs> so yes, yeah. and the and that's re- true. It's- so our listeners that have been listening since the beginning of the show, like Mrs. Basil Dua, um, I mentioned uh, that the third of January is Earth at its perihelion at two a.m. Eastern Standard Time which was the closest point of the earth being to the sun for this year. Yeah. That was at that was January 3rd, perihelion. Yes. And it is because of the rays. There you not go. Not you rays. Thank you. But the the sun rays <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with the weather. Yeah. Like it just the fact that it's winter time doesn't mean the sun's farther away. Yeah. Next. True or false? Winter cold the winter cold kills more than twice as many Americans as summer heat does. So, so not the cold as in a chew, but uh, you know the like freezing the, the, temperatures, the frigidness of it. Yeah, kills more than the heat of the summer. False. False. Mm, true. False. 
That's a true one. It's almost wow. it's almost doubled in the winter than it is in the summer. <laughs> so from heat yeah. must go out. Yeah. People's yeah. heat must go out, right. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Which people here have no idea what that means. Did your heat go out? Yep. <laughs> we moved in with Aunt Martha. The yeah. heat went out. Yeah, when I opened the yeah, when I opened the front door, it came in rather than went yeah. out. Yeah. Have you guys ever had to leave your faucets running at night because it was so cold? Did you yeah. ever do that? Yeah. Up in New Hampshire, I'm sure, because the if you let the water sit in the pipes and it gets super right cold, over. it'll freeze right in the pipe and burst your pipe in the middle I'll of the night. I tell you, I've, I've, I, this is horrible to say, but I can one up that one. What's that? What that is my um, my the water flowing through the pipes from my boiler froze oh to so give you an hot idea hot water hot, hot water, water. Froze in the pipes. it was 50 below zero wow and oh. the water in my boiler froze so we had to thaw it out we we ran electric current through it mm-hmm. to thaw it out and then you have to put glycol in it yep so that it won't freeze so you you literally can put like a a, yeah. a car jump start cables battery cables yeah. on it to basically run current through the pipe yep. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, or it's they have this electrical designed. tape. They have these tape that you can wrap around it. That, runs that didn't through work. It. That doesn't work. Really? You actually have to run electricity through it wow. in order to heat it up enough. Wow. It's. It, they have a special thing you buy that has some clamps that you put on, and it's amazing. Crazy. So, wow. Up yeah. there, they also plug their cars in. Yes. Night, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Every. All winter of long, course. you plug in. Yeah. Nice. How long did like the weather uh, stay that low? Like negative fifty. Oh yeah. Well, like, the how winters. How often was that in the winter? The winter is about nine months long. But as far as the the really cold temperature, it kind of comes and goes throughout the the really harsh parts of winter, November, December, January, February. Yeah. Those those. Are the, uh, define really cold, by the way. Just just so, well, so our listeners have a scale. Because like really cold to me, as of the way I live right now, yeah, it's below sixty three degrees. That's well, really of course, cold. yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, this is not that way. And in fact, um, people who even live in the States get a get this strange sense because they, they hear about things like wind chill, mm-hmm. and that's a non-existent entity in Alaska. Uh, I've gotten my car and driven to work at 55 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. Wow. Uh, but it's that freeze start. the antifreeze in your in your radiator your, when you're driving down the road. Your car starts because you have it plugged in and you have a oh. a battery heater, you have an oil pan heater, and you have an engine block heater. All three of those are all in your vehicle, and you plug in at night, and it keeps your car warm. My friend at Northland just took his clothes iron and uh, plugged it in and put it on the block of his engine to try and get yeah. the the oil loosened up a little bit. Yeah. Great way to burn the house down. Yeah. Oh, okay, Sebastian, back right. to it. Back the cold, to it. which I think I got that one correct. You did. Um, <coughs> next question here. You're going to have to think on this because I'm not going to give you any sort of multiple choice. Okay. Winter begins in December for the Northern Hemisphere. When does it start for the Southern Hemisphere? You just have to give me a month. You don't have to give me a specific day. August. August. June? June I would agree with June, June, June 21st. July. Split the difference. <laughs> <laughs> it is June. Wow. Congrats, Sam. It's nice. in June. <clears throat> yeah, I, I read that it was colder in Minnesota this week, on average, than it was in Antarctica. Hmm. Because it's summertime in Antarctica and it's wintertime no. in Minnesota. Here, the summers are great there. <laughs> They're awesome. Know. I have no idea. <laughs> Vacation packages starting at $3. Yeah. Uh, last question. 
True or false? The roots of the word winter come from Germany. Winter. Yeah, winter. <laughs> True. True. The roots of the word. So it's a Germanic word? True. Taru. I would say false. Fasu. False. I think it's winter, like a, like, a, like a Scandinavian word. Winter is true. Oh. Ha. Um, it's vintar. You know, it vintar. means wet, wet day. Wet uh, day. I, I think it's wet day. <laughs> I know wet, but I think I can't remember. I think it was day for the next one. But uh, yeah, it's wet day for that. But. <laughs> wet day. Wow. Well, if you think of the snow, it gets really, it really does. wet. And not everywhere. Outside. The snow doesn't everywhere. freeze everywhere. Well, know. in Germany. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Cause, yeah. Up so, in the Alps. Yeah, so sitting around eating their Wiener Schnitzel, <laughs> drinking. It's Wiener, and we have Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> schnitzel. Okay. Um, uh, so, what was the score there? Final Sebastian? score: Ray's one. Yes. Joe what? three. Oh, he, oh. not one. Like w O N. Like O N E. There you go. One okay. one point. <laughs> one point. Joe three points. That's dirty, man. <laughs> hey, you can trade these points in for compliments. All you need is fifty, and I'll give you one compliment. Maybe that's a deal. It's uh, a chunky Jared, <laughs> so keep track of your points. Uh, so Ray's has one point. Joe has three points. Jared has three points. It's a tie. Mm-hmm. And Chris, better luck next <clears throat> time. <laughs> well, I you thought know. he got one right. Nope. No. No. Absolutely. Didn't get any right. Absolute zero. <laughs> and he's <laughs> get it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good. That was very clever. <laughs> that was clever. <laughs> So uh, let's we're gonna take a break here in about two minutes, but uh, let's talk about where's the coldest place you've lived and how cold did it get, Joe? Uh, New Hampshire. I grew mm-hmm. up there. Um, where in New Hampshire? Just in case we have listeners that are exactly, familiar. exactly New exactly. Hampshire. No, it's just uh, where where New Hampshire. Oh, where? <laughs> where? That's, that's town. right. Where? where? That's right. Everybody that's would right. say where's where we're near uh, Wilds in New England. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's only like ten minutes down from my yeah. parents' house. Yep. Wow. So. And how cold did it get? So, yeah, the coldest it would get would be, like, negative 15 to negative 20. Um, and that would only last, like, a week, you know, on average throughout the winter. But right now, like, it would get – I think it's that Just long enough right to kill now. all it's the like livestock. 10, and like, at night there right now. But, yeah. Yeah, we've lost some uh, – But it's a dry you know, cold. Farm animals and stuff in yeah. the winter going Jack up. Frost killing all your farm animals. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry. Man, that sounds <laughs> – Beautiful up in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, okay, so Ray's, what's, where's the coldest place you've lived and how cold did it get? Uh, Greenville, you know. Um, I guess, I think 20s is what it was at, but it didn't really snow there much. Yeah. It snowed like maybe once a year, and even at that it was like maybe every other year, so it wasn't too, wasn't too cold. Yeah, yeah. They don't have any snow plows in Greenville, I no. found out the last two years I've been there. Yep, yep. People don't know what to do when it when the, you get the black ice. Yep. It's I was there three years ago in February and got there on a Friday night. Saturday morning, I woke up, looked at the temperature on my phone, zero degrees outside. It was the coldest. It was like a 100-year record in Greenville. And then they had an inch of ice the next day, and then they realized that the college had sold its plow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they just had to shut everything down for like two days till everything melted. So, yeah. Sebastian, where's the coldest you've lived and how cold did it get? Yeah, well... I went to school at Watertown, Wisconsin, so I was there for four years. So um, coldest was negative 20 without wind chill for me. 
because I knew that specifically because I had to work security that night and oh, walk yeah. around outside for three hours in negative 20. Yep. And where I questioned if I still wanted to work there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, it's like when the whites of your eyes start to feel like they're going to freeze, right? It's terrible. And then yeah. inside your well, nose freezes. Well, this, is where, this is where I had the icicles forming on my, my yeah. eyelashes and I'd constantly yep. have to pull them off so that I could blink. And oh, a sweet terrible. white hairdo because that all is. the frost, well, the... When I'd breathe, you know, the heat would come up yep. into my hair and yep. freeze there and be, like, all frosted. Oh, yeah. It looks right. sweet. Yeah. Great. <laughs> now, Chris, uh, you have the, the most extreme. So let me – I've lived in uh, northern Wisconsin, north of where Sebastian was at, and I've also lived in New Hampshire near where Joe was at. That's right. And the coldest was uh, Wisconsin, and it was, like, a 20 below – but they had, like, a 30-mile-per-hour gusting wind. Yeah, that's the problem. And so um, the danger, especially when you have little babies, you're, you're thinking a lot differently when you have, like, babies in the car. Yep. We went to church 30 miles away, had to drive back country roads. Sometimes they weren't plowed. And then when you have that strong wind and freezing cold, if you were to break down, um, you know, it could, could result in someone dying. So you'd have to keep all kinds of gear in your car that you wouldn't normally think about just in case mm-hmm. something bad was to happen. But yeah, so 20, 30 below without the wind was the worst I had. Uh, Chris, so you said 50 below. You actually drove at 50 below? I went to work, 55 below zero. Um, and I think the coldest that it got at our house, but we lived in a play, in an area 13 miles out of Fairbanks, Alaska, that had something called heat inversion. So basically, it's warmer on the hill than it is in the rest of town. So when you drive down into town, you would see the ice fog. I don't know if you've ever seen ice fog, Mm -hmm. but the particles in the air actually freeze. So it looks like you're driving through a cloud. Yes. So it's Mm. pretty amazing. You can't even see the car in front of you. Right, right. I mean, you literally can't see the car in front of you. So what would happen is it'd be perfectly clear at our house. We would drive down into town, and you would have the ice fog. And 55 below, I I went to work. But I've seen it. What kind of car was that? Because some cars can't handle that because the super cooled air blowing across your radiator will freeze up that radiator. It was an Oldsmobile minivan is what I was driving at that time. But, yeah, I've seen at our house 57 below zero, which it must have been a lot colder in town because you don't really leave the house when it's that cold. Right, right. But um, it must have been colder in town because we had the heat inversion effect at our house. So I know some people had 70 below zero. Uh, friends that live out the road a ways said 72 below zero. So that's pretty cool. And that's Fahrenheit. That's not wind anything. Usually in those days, it's dead calm. So calm, it's shocking to your system when you walk outside. You can hear things from miles around, like the train. Yeah, There's a lot of trains, and you could hear the train miles away because of the calmness of the of the atmosphere so wow pretty wow. amazing well it makes me glad that we're living in Guam yes. today with the uh 80 plus degree temperatures this afternoon so well guys thanks for uh, helping me talk about the topic of the day which is extreme cold weather and thanks for the quiz sebastian appreciate it hopefully you guys enjoyed your seltzers there with a collectible bottle I don't know if they're collectible, but it's a nice little bottle. Thank you. And uh, that's my kind way of saying take your trash with you. (laughs) Hey, uh, have a great weekend, guys. Listeners, stick around. We're going to have a little more live till 5 after this short break.
And we're back with a little more live till 5, 3.52 p.m. on this Friday, January 5th. Hopefully you're nice and warm in your cars. Just kidding. We know you are. If you're listening here on Guam, it's the land of perpetual warmth and hospitality. Hey, before we end this first hour of Live Till 5, I love it when listeners submit content. Most of my research in the second hour today on extreme cold weather was submitted by different listeners and friends of the show. And this content was submitted by a listener, Troy, who has been on the show, actually. And he gave me a number of things. Ripley's Believe It or Not Facts 2017 edition. For example, according to Ripley's Believe It or Not via Troy, laughing 100 times is equivalent to 15 minutes of exercise on a stationary bike. So you can either go for a 30-minute bike ride or you can just laugh 200 times. Also, let's see here. In 1980... In Williston, England, they hosted the World Worm Charming Championship. The goal for the competitors was to coax worms out of wet soil. Uh, how about this one? During the Victorian era, jewelry and lockets were made from the hairs of deceased loved ones. Very interesting. Uh, let's see here. I guess that would be less expensive, but I don't know if I'd want more jewelry made that way. Oh, uh, let's see here. The highest concentration of redheads in the world is, where do you think? Scotland. Yes, Scotland. Black is the most common hair color in the world. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Ron Long of Wales can skip a stone across the water further than 300 feet at almost 90 miles per hour. At the age of 71. I mean, it just keeps getting better there. Uh, let's see here. How about Martin Bacon? Great name. Converted a Ford pickup. Someone named Bacon would, would have to convert a Ford pickup. Um, into the world's fastest coffee-powered car, breaking the land speed record by going 65.5 miles per hour. On coffee. Uh, let's see here. Uh, did you know there is a cardboard box displayed at the Toy Hall of Fame? Um, and speaking of seltzer today, the fizzy sensation in your soda comes from the carbon dioxide in it, uh, not the bubbles. Didn't know that. And let's see here. Uh, oh, at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, the water pressure is equivalent to 100 elephants standing on your head. And finally, this is one Troy had mentioned to me, but some stalagmites and stalactites grow only an inch every 100 years. Thanks for the info, Troy. And that is Stranger Than Fiction, because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction, and we like to bring up that kind of stuff here on the show. Looking ahead to the second hour, we are going to have a little section called Happy Little Accidents, some more Stranger Than Fiction stories, some By the Numbers, our topic of the day, extreme cold weather, some news with Chris, and more. So want to make sure you stick around for that second hour. Also want to invite you, if you ever miss part of the show, you can download the podcast for this show on our website, khmg.org. That's khmg.org. I actually had someone ask me recently. They're like, oh, I listened to the show a little bit, but I missed this part. I missed that part. You guys don't make it a podcast, do you? I said, 
Yes, of course we do. We make it a podcast. So khmg.org, download the podcast, subscribe, get those podcasts just automatically coming, share them on your social media. If you think part of the show is funny or interesting, put it out there on Facebook. Let other people know you're listening. Put a link there. We appreciate it. Also, speaking of Facebook, follow us on Facebook. Go to Harvest Family Radio Guam, find us there, and then let us know you're listening by sending us a message or giving us a little thumbs up or something. And uh, then, of course, go to our website, khmg.org, where you can find not just this program, but many other great programs that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio, uh, including, but not limited to, Building Great Leaders with Les Olala, Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin, Heart of Harvest, Harvest Time, Harvest Echoes, uh, we have uh, Heart of Harvest Asia, and some other programs we do as well, and uh, Take Note with Chris Harper. And so a lot of great programs that you can find there on our website. And then a lot of sermons and different material available that's being cataloged there. You can look it up by topic or scripture reference or speaker. And uh, you can find in our little directory there, you can find resources that will help you in your Christian walk. So we want to make sure that we are a blessing to you. This station's been on the air for over 21 and a half years. We're coming up on our 22-year anniversary 24 hours a day, seven days a week, live, not live programming, locally produced Christian broadcast programming that has beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming. Some of it is live, like live till five on Friday afternoons. Chris Harper's Take Note program is live as well. And we just want to be a blessing to you. We're so glad that we get to do this. And we want to make sure that you are taking full advantage of everything that we have to offer here. So we're going to take a little short break for the news. It is 3.58 p.m. on Friday, January 5th, 2018, here at the KHMG Studios in Barragata, Guam. You're listening to Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, episode 247. Stick around for SRN News and a second hour of Live Till 5. Here at KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam, 88.1 FM. More after this short break. back with the second hour of Live Till 5 on this Friday, January 5th, 4.04 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Glad to have you with us. My name's Jared Baldwin. I'm the host of the show. Join in studio. He never actually left, but for your listening audience explanation, join in studio by Chris Harper, all-around good guy, station manager, and a great Scotsman. Yeah. Is, is Harper a Scottish name? Well... Our, my family is generally from that part of the world, not Scotland particularly, England, Ireland, 
Okay. I mean, it's probably an insult to say that part of the world to a, well, somebody you know, from Scotland. You, you but could be from the Isle the same of Man, island. for all we know. Yeah, yeah it's could all, be Wales, could be Scotland. Right, right. You know, and it's I mean, hard to track. You know, if, if you're from yeah. that region, it's really hard to track. We, we've tried to figure out exactly where our family's from, but the name spreads. And Harper, I believe, that's an Anglo-Saxon term for, like, someone that raises rabbits or something like that, I think, was the original could be original uh, term. So who knows? Or it could be someone that plays the harp really well. Could be. I could mean, be. you know, you just don't know the etymology yeah. there. I think that's so. a harpist. That's a harpist. Yeah, I think so. That's, I, you're probably right. You would know you're a harper. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, uh, very fascinating information, you do have some news for us, right? Do have some news. I'm going to start with a story uh, uh, for some uh, that's connected with us in some way or another because it's about Transworld Radio and their headquarters in the United States. So I just want to read a story uh, for you. The way that we're connected with Transworld Radio is just that we air a program on Transworld Radio from Guam that broadcasts to Asia, places like India and Korea and China. And so we have a, a weekly program that airs twice weekly called Heart of Harvest Asia. And so, and then we also know a lot of folks from Transworld Radio as well. But early in the morning of December 22nd, a fire broke out at the Transworld Radio U.S. office, which is in Cary, North Carolina. Now, the Cary Fire Department responded within five minutes. But that wasn't before flames destroyed a shipping area, a loading dock, workshop areas, mail distribution, and some offices as well. And then other areas of the building sustained a lot of smoke damage. Now, Transworld Radio's gospel broadcasts reach a global network of about 4 billion people every year. So the, the reach is amazing. But Lauren Libby, who's somebody that, that we've spoken with uh, before, uh, said that they haven't missed a minute of airtime. It hasn't caused any problem with their delivery of broadcasts because they have a lot of ways to back up sending programs around the world so they can send them from Europe or from Asia or even from Africa. So their capabilities really weren't limited by the fire, but it's going to be about $100,000 worth of damage, and they're still working on just getting started rebuilding uh, at the Transworld Radio headquarters. So a little bit of a connection because the Transworld Radio station here on Guam has been uh, broadcasting for 40 years, and uh, people will know of Transworld Radio on this island uh, other things happening around the country and around the world. A powerful blizzard, you probably heard about it on SRN News, uh, battered the Northeast starting on Thursday. It knocked power out for tens of thousands of people. And then, of course, causing a lot of travel problems as well. And more than a dozen people have been killed as a result of the storm. Thousands of flights canceled. Firefighters are scrambling to rescue motorists from flooded streets in Boston. And then snow plows, salt trucks, and uh, other vehicles trying to clean up the snow uh, were on highways, including in New York City. Uh, their main airports were also uh, halted as far as flights were concerned due to whiteout conditions. 
just a lot of problems. Boston Mayor uh, Marty Walsh said that schools in his city were going to remain closed uh, throughout today as well. Uh, North and South Korea will be holding official talks next week. Now, that's something we haven't heard for a while. It's the first time in more than two years after Pyongyang accepted Seoul's offer for dialogue just hours after the United States and South Korea delayed a joint military exercise. The South's Unification Ministry said North Korea had sent its consent for the talks, which will be held on January 9th. And the last time they engaged in official talks was back in December of 2015. Japan's defense minister on Friday sounded a note of caution. And I know that the State Department did as well, because there was another story on that, saying that North Korea would continue developing its weapons program and that Tokyo, as well as Washington, would remain vigilant. Uh, You may have heard this story, and it's related to a story we read last week in some ways, and that it impacts Apple heavily. Uh, Last week, we talked about how uh, Apple had to apologize that when their uh, iPhone batteries got low, they reduced the speed of the and processing power of their phones when batteries started to get old. And since they've, you said that, I have noticed that is true. When you get down yeah. like two or three percent, it your phone stops downloading or slows down so much that you cannot hardly download or anything. Right. Well, the 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 problem with that resulted in the apology was that when your phone is when your phone's battery is wearing out it will permanently be that way it's not just a okay it's not the clock speed software from a software perspective perspective is actually slowed down Mm. so they had to apologize over that and then there's more problems now related to apple and that's related to the chips that are in their phones and other devices Intel Corporation shares fell nearly 2% on Thursday as investors worried about the potential financial liability and reputational hit from recently disclosed security flaws in its widely used microprocessors. This doesn't just affect Apple, but it's another hit to Apple uh, in just a week period. The largest chip maker had confirmed on Wednesday that flaws reported by researchers could allow hackers to steal sensitive information from computers, phones, and other devices. Both Apple and Microsoft, along with other software makers, are issuing patches to protect against these vulnerabilities. Intel may be on the hook for costs stemming from lawsuits, claiming that the patches would slow computers and effectively force consumers to buy new hardware. Really bad news if you're a hardware provider, because if you're like Apple, where you've already had this bad press about the batteries and the slowing down, and now you have to slow down because of a patch, it's all bad news. So for uh, software and hardware makers alike, um, trying to figure this out is next on the agenda, and that's uh, that's what's in the news right now. Wow. So if you have a phone that's running slow, well, a couple of things to check out for you, yeah. I guess. Do you have the patch? I don't think they've issued the patch yet, at least from an Apple perspective, but uh, some others already have. You know, unlike previous years, I did not hear from very many of my friends that got 
uh, new Apple iPhones for Christmas. Too expensive. Yeah, it's uh, $999. And so I can't think of a single person that I know that got one at Christmas. Whereas in previous years, the new iPhone would come out. That was one of the top yeah. gift items was uh, to go out and upgrade your phone or get someone in your family a new phone. I know we've done that before. Yeah. But the new one, $1,000 for a phone. Yeah. Um, that's just... It's it's hard. I I know some people are. It's not being materialistic necessarily. Some people are just early adopters. They like to get the new tech and yeah. test it out and things, and they're just kind of wired that way. No pun intended. But um, yeah, boy, and there's I, other I don't phones. know anyone that got one of those. There are other phones right now that are a lot cheaper that have better uh, cameras and things like that. I know that right. the Google Pixel phone is a really really popular one right now. I don't have one of those, but right. I'm just saying that. Um, I am in a photography group for Guam photographers, and I have uh, several of those have been posting pictures from that mm-hmm. phone, the Google Pixel, and saying that it's an amazing upgrade and that it's as good as some of the their point-and-shoot cameras and things of that nature. So I know that there's that. But the other thing is the magic factor for Apple has sort of worn off now. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm. You don't see the stories about people camped out in front of Apple stores anymore. Sort of the hypnotic trance that they had some uh, consumers in seems to be wearing off a bit here. So that's all anecdotal and sort of just just an observation. It's an observation. It's an observation. Yeah. But... Yeah, it does. There doesn't seem to be that many stories like right. that at this moment. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I guess, nothing came out quite new enough to wow, wow people. You know, when the iPad first came out, for example, or the iPad Air, or the, um, right. you know, some of the new iPhones. Those things were just really revolutionary. The the new phone to spend a thousand dollars on a phone. No matter how good it is, it's still $1,000, $1,000. It's not something you would buy for most children because of the cost. No. You know, that's just a high threshold to get past. So, Well, you know, in their defense, it's tough to keep up a string of hits like that. (laughs) It doesn't matter who you are. Right, right. I mean, it's really, they have a lot of hits. Everyone's going to kind of, you know, get a a double instead of a home run every once in a while. It's going to tail off. So and uh, so, how long will you go before you upgrade your phone? You have what an iPhone six. This is an iPhone six. I, I'm noticing for a, a period of three or four weeks, the phone would unexpectedly just shut off. It would just mm. dead. Interesting. And I'd be like, "Why did my phone shut off?" But then I I did I asked Ken about it because Ken handles the phones around here and and he said make sure you upgrade the iOS yeah and they'll always say that's the first thing to do upgrade right. so uh, there was one sitting on there that I hadn't upgraded to then when I did that seems to have fixed it but I'll probably wait the whole three years and, right right and then maybe after three years try right. to get a new one I hate but to I, spend I a lot of money out of my own pocket for a phone yeah you know, it's just I, it's hard to. Because no it, I feel like it's even more likely that I'll break it. Yeah. In the early days of cell phones, I had a, a Ericsson phone, and I had insurance on it. Like through the the phone company, you could yeah. pay an extra dollar a month, and if you broke it or lost it or dropped it in the toilet, they would give you a new one. Wow. Yeah. Even it's a drop very in cheap. the toilet. Huh? Dropped in the toilet. Seriously. <laughs> wow. Um, I lost one at Home Depot. Went to the. AT&T or Southwest Bell, whatever business it was, they gave me a new phone 
maybe I had to, I might have had to pay a little deductible, maybe. And then I got a call from Home Depot that they found my phone. So oh, I ended boy. up with two. And uh, the technology was such that they both had the same chip in them, so they both would ring. And so I ended up having a spare phone. Well, see, I'm not much of an app guy. I don't have a whole lot of apps on my phone. So in, a lot of times people people move with the apps. Like sometimes, oh, I can't do this with this app if I don't right, have the new right. phone. I don't care too much about that, so I don't know that I really need the new right, phone. Right. What do you primarily use your phone for? I use a lot of email on my phone. Unfortunately, yeah. I find myself... It's just easier to answer the oh, emails I know, there. I know. And then it's not all waiting for you when you get back to your desk. Yeah, and a lot of texting, and then I have Twitter on there. And then, mm-hmm. of course, I use Instagram because I post pictures right. for Harvest Family Radio and for myself on on Instagram. So I use those. And uh, otherwise, I don't know. I guess Facebook, too, because I have the Facebook Pages Manager, and right. I manage seven right. or eight pages. Right. So, so you I get notified too. if someone put something out there on one of our ministry Facebook pages. Yeah, and so especially the messages are really important because if you send a message to our Facebook page, it shows up on our, not just ours, but on the church or on the right. the uh, school or whatever, uh, Harvest House, I'll see a message pop up and either I can refer it to somebody or I can just answer it, whatever right, the case right. may be. Yeah. I should mention too, I'm going to put up on our Facebook page, since I've been talking about the 365 project, I wrote a blog post on the 365 project that has links to the photos and stuff. I'm going to post that on our Facebook page. Will people be able to see just the best of or all of your pictures? No, I have a link to the Instagram so they can see all the pictures Excellent. for the whole. Because I wrapped that up, uh, well, on New Year's Day. A couple Day, days ago, yeah, yeah a few sure. Days ago, so so I'll, Was it a worthwhile experience? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I write all about that. I write okay. stuff... I wrote about what I learned from it and then some of the equipment I used and um, why I did, why I shot certain kinds of photography. I found myself shooting a lot of night photography because mm-hmm. I work here a lot of hours. So it was like, well, it's dark. I have yeah. to go shoot in the yeah. dark. Right. So you have to buy equipment to shoot in the dark. And so I wound up doing that. So, yeah, I think it's like to keep yourself creatively sharp. If you're in a creative field already, <clears throat> There's only so much you can do to just right. do radio. If you're doing radio stuff all day, but you still want to, you know, learn how to think better about right. creativity, right. you have to do something different, you know, that uh, it seems to me. Right. To, if you try to do something different, it helps you to plan better. It helps you to think better. It helps you to uh, just be, forces you to be creative on a different, yeah, in a different area. So, yeah. So I'm gonna. I'll post that. I I forgot about doing that earlier, and now, since, yeah. Since we've talked about it on live till five, I should put that. Up Absolutely, there. I think people would be very interested to check that out. Yep. So, all right. Well, Chris, thank you very much, and I hope you have a great weekend. And yep. listeners, you stick around. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till five. I have a happy little accident about ice cream sodas since we did have a little seltzer soda earlier. Then some Stranger Than Fiction stories from World Magazine, some By the Numbers from Christianity Today, and our topic of the day, extremely cold weather. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break.
and we're back with a little more Live Till 5, episode 247, on this Friday, January 5th, 2018. For those of you just tuning in, Happy New Year. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio here in the beautiful Barragata, Guam, central village of Guam here. Glad to have you with us today. It's been a lot of fun. First show of the new year. Just about three weeks we'll be celebrating our 250th episode. That is a lot of time on the air. Two hours a week times 250 weeks. That's 500 hours of airtime. Many of those hours have been recorded and archived as podcasts and you can find those on khmg.org's website there just go to khmg.org look for the podcasts and you can download and listen to those many hours 500 hours of listening three weeks from now we'll hit the 500 hour mark we'll have to do something special that day wanted to mention a few stories that i came across over the last few weeks didn't have as much opportunity to share these over the Christmas break because there were so many other good Christmas-related themes and stories that we could talk about. But here's one. An unmanned garbage truck rolled away from a gas station back in October and made its way across the street and crashed into a gift shop in Henrietta, New York. The accident didn't cause any injuries, but it did inflict significant structural damage to the 200-year-old brick building that houses the shop. The gift shop's name, by the way, is Beautiful Mess. Yeah. How about this? A Long Beach, California restaurant has been caught passing off fast food chicken to its customers. Uh, Let's see. Back in October, a Yelp review of Sweet Dixie Chicken customers and Tyler H. wrote he saw employees bringing two boxes of Popeye's fried chicken into the kitchen of the restaurant. On a hunch, the patron decided to order the $13 fried chicken offering on the menu. I kindly asked our waiter how they cooked the fried chicken. He wrote, after checking, he admitted that they do, in fact, use Popeye's. Restaurant owner Kim Sanchez replied that the rev- replied to the review by doubling down, saying she's proud to serve the fast food chicken in her establishment. She added that she also buys her gumbo from a friend at the local farmer's market and that her employees don't mill our own flour. Hmm, seems a little, a little testy there for someone that's ripping off Popeyes. But speaking of food... If you want to purchase spam in Hawaii, you may have to look for it behind security glass that also protects items such as razor blades and video games. According to the Washington Post, that's where many store owners on the islands are beginning to keep their processed meat as growing ranks of bandits are stealing spam and fencing it to hungry Hawaiians. Spam is often seen as a joke in most United States, but it is popular in Hawaii. Honolulu police are offering a $1,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of a one recent sp- run recent spam thief who stole a case from the store a few months ago. It's pretty popular here on Guam, by the way, spam. If you go down to Micronesia, not as popular just because it's a very expensive, expensive canned mystery meat. Let's see here. A Brazilian thief picked the wrong establishment to rob. Authorities say the suspect entered a martial arts gym in Rio de Janeiro just after sundown and argued with the receptionist before jumping over a turnstile and heading into the back. Moments later, closed circuit 
recordings of the incident reveal the male suspect jumped back over the turnstile and fled out the door, while several huge men in jujitsu uniforms gave chase. Police say the intruder lost a sandal while sprinting away from the martial arts students. I guess you got to scope the place out before you decide whether or not you're going to rob it. I'm not trying to give advice or anything, but maybe you heard about this one. Lake Charles, Louisiana resident Selena Daly had too many glasses of wine, led to an altercation. She was discovered by local police unconscious in a car after attending a wine tasting. Just another good reason not to drink wine, folks. Uh, at McNeese State University, somewhere along the way, she tried to bite the police officer. After spending a night in jail in a jail cell, Dally sought to apologize for the incident by bringing the officer a cookie cake. For the officer, the icing on the cake was the icing on the cake. The message read, sorry, I tried to bite you. And there's a little selfie there. All right. Well, a lot of things you could say about that story, but let's just keep moving. How about this? A delivery man in Clackamas, Oregon, had his wife call 911 when he heard a woman screaming for help November 7th. But when authorities arrived at the scene, they didn't find any woman in distress or any other human beings at all. What they found instead was a green and yellow parrot named Diego. The parrot, which is in good health and not in distress, was the quote-unquote woman screaming for help. Uh, Let's see here. How about this low-speed chase? Rondell Tony Chinchuk, Chinahook, may have stolen an automobile. But few would call it an alleged uh, theft, grand theft. Chinook, last month, reportedly took a motorized shopping cart from Safeway Grocery Store in Fairbanks, Alaska, and drove it 10 minutes before the police caught him. The cart's top speed, 1.9 miles per hour. Authorities charged Chinook with a felony theft. Hmm, it's kind of sad. What are you in here for, kid? Oh, I stole a motorized shopping cart. What are you in here for? Oh, I robbed a bank. Here, you can have my bunk. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Here's a couple more. On October 28th, Twitter posted a well-known technology writer, uh, posts a well by well-known technology writer, caught the attention of Google CEO Sundar Pichai and sent the company's employees into a frenzy. Tech author Thomas Bakedall tweeted a comparison photo of the burger emojis for Apple and Google and added this caption. I think we need to have a discussion about how Google's burger emoji is placing the cheese underneath the burger while Apple puts it on top. The next day, Pitchy promised the tech giant would fix the problem promptly. So yeah, the cheese is under the patty, basically. Very observant there. It looked like a bomb. And it was in a country where unexploded bombs from World War II are occasionally unearthed. So an 81-year-old man in Breton, Germany, called the police when he found a large dark object in his garden. Police arrived and determined the object, uh, which they said in the statement, quote-unquote, really did look very much like a bomb, was actually a 16-inch long, 11-pound zucchini. Apparently, someone had tossed the vegetable into the garden, prompting the confusion and concern. It makes sense. I mean, especially if he hadn't planted any zucchini. How about this one? When global demand soaring, France is facing culinary catastrophe in a land known for its excellence in food. A butter shortage is happening in France. A global butter prices have nearly tripled from $1.46 per pound in 2016 to $4.08 per pound in November. 
French retailers have been locked in a price war, according to Thierra Roquefiel. I know I'm saying that Roquefiel. Head of French dairy group, retailers have refused to pass along the increased cost to consumers. Therefore, French suppliers have begun selling their butter to German grocers. A report showing that 30% of French butter demand went uh, unmet prompted France's parliament to summon the nation's agricultural minister to answer questions in October. So, yeah. Anyway, a lot happening in the world. Some of it's kind of funny. But uh, I have this little book here that's provided by one of our faithful listeners, Helen. And I call this segment Happy Little Accidents. From the book, Accidents May Happen. 50 Inventions That Were Discovered by Mistake. Written by Charlotte Foltz Jones. And today's happy little accident, going along with our little seltzer from earlier, the ice cream soda. Gustavus D. Dows of Lowell, Massachusetts opened the first soda fountain in 1858. It's strange that the ice cream soda wasn't invented until 16 years later. In October 1874, a man named Robert M. Green was selling soda fountain drinks at the semi-centennial celebration of the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, One of his most popular drinks was a mixture of sweet cream, syrup, and carbonated water. One day, Green ran out of the sweet cream for his drinks. He had no way of getting more that day, so he decided to use vanilla ice cream instead, hoping that no one would notice. Well, someone did notice. In fact, everyone noticed the new concoction was a big success. Green had been taking in $6 per day. With the original drinks, his profits jumped to more than $600 a day. The ice cream soda proved to be so delicious and became so popular that religious leaders declared it sinful. By the 1890s, some, critis- some cities and towns passed laws prohibiting the sale of sodas on Sunday. For that reason, the ice cream Sunday was invented. It was first called the Soda Less Soda, then named the Sunday, spelled with an A-E so as not to offend people. Two other quick facts. Mr. Green's first ice cream soda sold for 10 cents a glass. And the city of Seattle credits G.O. Guy with inventing the ice cream soda there in 1872. But they say he accidentally dropped a scoop of ice cream into some soda. I don't know. Might be worth a little research there, history-wise. It is 4.34 p.m. on this Friday, January 5th, 2018. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till 5, including our topic of the day, extremely cold weather stick around more live till five after this And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Episode 247 on this Friday, January 5th, 2018. Have you already made a mistake and written down 2017 on your checks or maybe in a, a note, an email or something like that? I've had to correct myself already at least once. You know, it's really cold in some parts of the States right now. Now, 
somewhere in the world at any given time, it's always cold. And we talk a lot about weather because it's very easy to juxtapose, uh, you know, cold weather versus hot weather, stateside weather versus island weather, you know, summer and winter and things. It's a fun topic to talk about and it affects a lot of people because the number of people that are on Guam are not necessarily from Guam. Or the ones that are even from Guam, you might have family living in the United States in different locations. So I want to talk about the extremely cold weather that's happening in the United States and all the snow and everything. And this is all over the U.S. One of the places as cold is is Florida. It was 50 in Miami the other day. 50. That's super cold for Miami. Miami's hotter than Guam from what I understand. But this, this title, this headline, caught the attention of one of our listeners, and he passed it on to me. Iguanas in Florida becoming frozen, falling from trees during cold snap. And it shows this guy walking down the street with this immobilized four-foot-long iguana from head to tail. And it's totally out cold, uh, no pun intended. This is what the NBC News article says. It says it's so cold in Florida that iguanas are falling from their perches in suburban trees. The National Weather Service in Miami said temperatures dipped below 40 degrees Fahrenheit early Thursday in parts of South Florida. That's chilly enough to immobilize green iguanas common to the Miami suburbs. Members of the media outlets tweeted photos of the event, including an iguana lying belly up next to one of the riders' swimming pools. The cold-blooded creatures native to Central and South America started getting sluggish when temperatures fall below 50 degrees Fahrenheit, says an expert. Trying to summarize here. The temperature drops below that. Iguanas freeze up. It's too cold for them to move. Now, they're not the only reptiles stunned by this week's cold snap. Sea turtles also stiffen up when the temperatures fail or fall. Wildlife Commission's biologists have been re- Rescuing and resuscitating cold-stunned sea turtles found floating listlessly on the water near the shore. But no such rescue is planned for the iguanas. Well-meaning residents find stiffened iguanas and are advised to leave them alone as they may feel threatened and bite once they warm up. Don't assume that they're dead, the expert says. Green iguanas are an invasive species in Florida known for eating through landscaping and digging burrows that undermine infrastructure. They can grow over five feet long. And their droppings can be a potential source of salmonella bacteria, which causes food poisoning. The Wildlife Commission has begun holding workshops to train homeowners and property managers how to trap and manage iguanas. The reptiles may be easier to catch this week, says the expert. Provides an opportunity to catch some, but I'm not sure it's going to be cold enough for long enough to make enough of a difference. In most cases, they're going to warm right back up and move around again unless they're euthanized. The two-week-long cold snap with temperatures below 40 degrees Fahrenheit in 2010 killed off many iguanas, along with Burmese pythons and other invasive species and pests that thrive in South Florida's subtropical climate. Those populations have since rebounded. Elsewhere in Florida, the effects of the brutal winter storm rolling up the East Coast were less exotic. It snowed briefly Wednesday at the state's capital, Tallahassee, for the first time in 28 years. It's cold. In Florida and many other places. Matter of fact, this article right here, this is the international edition of, uh, let's see here, CNN. They have a, had a little article came out today. It's so cold that water freezes in midair. 
It's so cold they had to close many outdoor ice rinks in the eastern part of the United States. It's so cold that in New England they have sharks washing ashore that have frozen to death. The Atlantic white shark. They've had a number of them wash ashore in Massachusetts, particularly the Cape Cod area, because they have frozen to death. It's so cold that there are going to be a number of winter records broken this week. It's so cold that they are canceling polar bear plunges in the States. The That's where people go out and they break the ice and, or in the wintertime they jump in the water and it's kind of one of those people act kind of crazy and get in the frigid water. Well, they're canceling some of those because it's too dangerous. It's just way too dangerous. Uh, and there's just so many things happening. Uh, and it's, this is not the first time this has happened. Of course, in the States, they've had some pretty ridiculous weather. And some of the worst blizzards in U.S. weather history have happened, like uh, the White Hurricane of 1913. This happened around the Great Lakes region, especially Michigan and Detroit. The Great Appalachian Storm of 1950, second storm in the Great Appalachian Storm of 1950. It's one of the most meteorologically unique storms as it was both part blizzard and part hurricane. Devastating cyclone formed on November 24th, 1950 in the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina and would become one of the deadliest winter storms of all time, killing 353 people, injuring over 150 others. How about this? The blizzard of 1978, one of the most catastrophic storms in winter weather history, was the blizzard of 78. The storm, which is bad enough to get its own website, struck New England, New York, and New Jersey from February 5th through the 7th. Also known as Storm Larry, or the storm of the century, the blizzard killed over 100 people and injured 4,500. All economic activity halted and damages amounted to nearly $520 million. Not only did snow totals break records in various parts of New England, but hurricane-force winds were recorded as well. Many blame inadequate forecasting as a reason behind the high death tolls and the economic losses. Knowing before a storm hits is critical to mitigate both financial and human risk. The superstorm of 1993, replacing the blizzard of 78 as the storm of the century, the blizzard of 93 was one of the most intense mid-latitude cyclones ever observed over eastern U.S. High winds knocked out power to over 10 million customers. Storm surge and heavy snow also negatively impacted many areas. Locations in Tennessee and North Carolina measured 60 and 50 inches of snow, respectively. How about this? The blizzard of 96. The blizzard from winter weather history, to make the list here, the blizzard of 96, was a terrible one. It's one of the most infamous storms in the U.S., This nor'easter paralyzed New York and the rest of the East Coast with up to four feet of snow in some areas. Philadelphia accumulated 30.7 inches of snow, which still stands as its record today. Severity of the storm can be best measured, though, by the amount of human life lost. It killed 154 people. The blizzard of 2005, maybe some of you might remember that. The blizzard of 2005, 40 inches of snow blanketed the Northeast from January 20th through the 23rd. In 2005, the blizzard hit Massachusetts the hardest, but also affected Philadelphia and New York. Snow totals in the mid-teens. The storm shut down the major airports in Massachusetts, closed schools for up to a week in some places. How about this? Snowmageddon 2010. Remember that? We actually 
lived in the United States during Snowmageddon of 2010, we drove to the Philadelphia area and missed it by a couple hours, got just west of it. And then when we had to head back to New Hampshire, we had to go through New York and the snow was so deep that they could only clear one lane. They had to use front end loaders to move the snow and pile it between the two uh, north and southbound sides of the highway and they could only clear one lane. And there were multiple cars that were stuck head first or grill first, hood first, into snow banks that were three times the height of the car. Crazy. The Groundhog Day blizzard of 2011, the most powerful historic winter storm on the list, is the Groundhog Day blizzard of 2011. Possibly the most far-reaching storm affected areas of Mexico to Canada, January 31st to February 2nd in 2011. And that's just right after Snowmageddon. The blizzard of Buffalo 2014. Over six feet of snow paralyzed Buffalo and the surrounding area in November 18th through 20th, 2014. Lake effect snow from the Great Lakes covered western New York, resulting in 14 deaths. And then finally, the most recent winter storm, Jonas of 2016. Maybe you've heard of that one. A lot of crazy, crazy weather has happened in the U.S. during these winter storms. Here are some of the coldest temperatures ever recorded in the States. Now, people that have never been in cold weather, it's hard to comprehend what this is like. Of course, Hawaii, its coldest temperature ever, 12 degrees on May 17, 1979. So it was in May, 12 degrees, May 17, 1979 at the Mauna Kea Observatory. Uh, let's see, Florida, negative two in Tallahassee in 1899, February 13th, 1899. Louisiana, negative 16 in Minden, 1899. Let's see here, Texas, a negative 23 in Seminole in 1933. As we move up, North Carolina, negative 34, January 21st, 1985 at Mount Mitchell. Massachusetts, negative 35, January 12th, 1981 in Chester, Mass., where I'm from, Missouri, negative 40. Uh, Missouri and Kansas, of course, I'm from Kansas City, right on the border of Missouri Kansas. Both of them recorded negative 40, both on February 13th, 1905. Those were in southern Missouri. Iowa, negative 47, February 3rd, 1996 in Elkader. And then as you go to some of just the most ridiculously cold, Alaska, of course, negative 80 degrees, January 23rd. 1971 at Prospect Creek, and in second place, negative 70 degrees, January 20th, 1954 at Rogers Pass, Montana. So Alaska, coldest recorded temperature, Montana second, Wyoming third, Colorado fourth, and then a bunch of negative 60s in there. Just crazy. Makes you glad that you live in a nice warm climate where you can stay thawed out and safe and you can stay positive about the weather. Let's accentuate the positive as we think about how warm and beautiful it is here in Guam. We'll take a short break. When we come back, some by the numbers and wrapping up the show. You're listening to episode 247 of Live Till 5 on this 5th of January, 2018. If you ever miss part of the show, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound here at KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. Back after this. Negative and light show. To the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me. 
Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. While I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5, Friday, January 5th, first episode of the new year. 2018 is the new year. You can always download the podcast, khmg.org. Listen to us Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound. Here's a few numbers I saw in Christianity Today, specifically speaking about sponsoring little children's child sponsorship remains one of America's most popular forms of ministry. 15 agencies tracked by the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability saw their budgets rise by almost 40% from 2011 to 2015. And an independent study deemed the model effective. So there you go. Only 13% of U.S. donors haven't heard of it, but the mindset is mixed. For example, donor beliefs about child sponsorship. Uh, Sponsored children generally have more than one sponsor. Uh, 37% agree with that statement. 37% somewhat agree with that statement. The money is used for the specific child. 10% believe that. 23% don't believe that. Child sponsorship is mostly a gimmick to get donations. 37% of people believe that. 23% don't believe that. And then it goes on. There's a number of other stats here, including among donors, 9% sponsor a child right now. 17% used to sponsor a child. 49% have never considered it. And 25% have considered it. Among Christians now, so specifically mentioning Christians, sponsoring a child, 20, uh, let's see, 13% have not heard of it. 27% are very familiar with sponsorship. 34% are somewhat familiar with it. And 26% have only heard of it, maybe never participated in it. So some interesting stats there from Christianity Today, specifically about child sponsorship this time of year. We're just coming off the holiday season, a very generous time of year. It's also a time where a lot of um, opportunities to give above and beyond come up. And just because it's the new year doesn't mean that you need to stop being generous. It's a great time to continue to be generous and to be generous in a sacrificial way. You know, there's just something to be said about giving from the heart, not just giving from what's left over, but giving from the heart. And that's a very important part of your Christian walk. It's an act of worship when you give to others for God's glory and others' good. And so you give it open-handedly, not expecting to get something back or to have God give you some kind of extra favor because you were generous, but just because you love the Lord and you want to help others. That's a great reason to give, to bring God glory and help others do good for them. So now, this weekend, starting out the new year, I would encourage you to be at church. Start the new year off right. Maybe you already kind of made that resolution and you're trying to decide what to do about it. Well, I'd like to invite you to Harvest Baptist Church. If you don't already have a church home, and by church home, I mean a place where you go, where you can hear God's word preached. They open the Bible, they preach it, they give praise to the Lord. You can worship with other believers. I'd encourage you, if you don't have that church home, come visit us here at Harvest Baptist Church. 
Sunday mornings, 10.30 a.m. is our main service, kind of our flagship service. We would love to have you join us. We have visitors every week. It's, it's a great multicultural church. It's a blessing. We have people of all ages and stages of life. We have different activities and programs for all different ages as well. Bible studies, kids programs, teen outreach. We have outreaches into the local community through foster care, through the prison system, through DYA. We reach out to our military, single and unaccompanied. We have our whole church breaks down into small groups. We have classes and Bible studies and just a lot of neat stuff that will help you grow as a Christian. So I just want to encourage you to join us at Harvest Baptist Church on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. if you don't have your own church home. If you do have a church home, a place where they're preaching the word, where you have other believers in Christ going to worship, then be faithful with that group and, and be part of it. Don't just be a spectator. Ask God, how can you bless other people this Sunday? And uh, dads, if you have, a, you have a family to lead, make sure you're leading them in the ways of the Lord, practicing what you preach and taking them to church. Don't let things crowd it out. I know there are a lot of things can get in the way of making it to church on a Sunday, but you know it's very important, and you should really make it a priority in your life. Maybe you don't have anyone to go with. Maybe you're, you're by yourself, or you're the only one in your family that will go. You know what? The Lord will honor that. Just go. Just make the commitment before you get to Sunday morning. Don't wait till Sunday morning to make the decision. If you do, you probably won't make the right one because, you know, you're just not going to feel like it. Something's going to come up. Something's going to keep you from wanting to be there. So I encourage you, make it to church this Sunday morning. Invest the time. Start the year off right. It's really worth it. And you're pleasing the Lord. You're worshiping Him. You're meeting other believers that you can be an encouragement to. It's not just about you getting a blessing, but you can also be a blessing. So make sure that you 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 give that a high priority in your new year. It's very important. And I'm a pastor here at Harvest Baptist Church. If you ever have any questions, you can contact me through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Send me a private message there. Send us an email through our website, khmg.org. Or just come on down and introduce yourself. I'm here every day at Harvest. You can come by the radio station, meet Chris and Sebastian during weekdays, business hours. Come to church Sunday, introduce yourself. Love to answer any questions you have about the Lord, spiritual life, Guam, you name it. And uh, we just want to be a blessing to you. And that about wraps up our 247th episode of Live Till 5 on this January 5th, 2018 here at KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.